Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're still asking this question, but we are. I am anyway. Is Donald Trump playing some sort of complicated long game? With, As some emailers have suggested. With, with, with all these moving the pieces around in ways we don't all understand. Or does he just flip from thing to thing wildly based on what he just saw on a cable news show? Or what is or both? Or what his blonde daughter or mentioned both. to him? Uh, right, his hot, hot daughter. Because he is—he now done I'm this. Sorry, you know what? His smart, smart daughter. Oh yeah, she is smart. His hat. smart, hot daughter. <laughs> so was he following the polls? He thinks, you know, I'm going to do this. I can't do anything with the Republicans. I'm going to do some stuff with the Democrats. I'm going to get my poll numbers up. I'll have a little more power. I'm going to get them uh, feeling a little good about things, and I'm really going to stick it to them with the tax reform or right, something. Right, something they're like going to be obligated to work across the aisle. I can make a big show of. Oh, what? I've been working with you on all this stuff. All of a sudden, now you can't give an inch. What? And shame them into it. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's the cable news thing you're talking about. Or did about? he just childishly want to lash out at Mitch McConnell? Just do something that made him mad. Humiliate he, him. He got some good press in New York, his hometown, and he thinks, hey, this feels good. The cable news channels are saying nice things about me. Or, or, and I'm going to use my this is the actual truth voice, even though I have no idea. Or is he thinking, this town is 
stupid <laughs> and doesn't work at all, and I'm going to do it very differently. To answer these questions and more, we have uh, David Drucker, Washington Examiner, senior correspondent, political analyst, and always a pleasure to talk to you. Hello, David. How are you, sir? I'm good, guys. How are you? So, three-dimensional chess or nah. emotional uh, veering uh, from one thought to the next? Id. Id. He's a walking political id. He does have some good instincts, his gut has been very helpful to him in the campaign trail. But when you believe in nothing and are beholden to nothing philosophically, I don't mean he believes in nothing like he's a blank space, but when philosophically you are not tethered to any strong beliefs about how the country should be run, the way the world should work, it's easy to vacillate between one position or another. Now, this being immigration is a little surprising only because immigration and trade were always the areas where he would drift the least. And so, obviously, there are parts of the Republican base that are not happy with what they're hearing, but there are other parts of the Republican base that could honestly care less, and for one reason or another, are happy to follow his lead in this direction. Where it ends up, we don't even know, because by the time we're all done with this, we could be right back where we started. But do you think the New York Times front page Sunday, they had this, for the first time in 150 years... We've got something different than, you know, a Republican or a Democrat in the White House. We've got somebody who's kind of both and, and willing to do either direction. Is Do you think that's the case? We have something completely no. different? No, I mean, well, yes, it's something completely different. I mean, he's the first non-military, non-politician uh, to win the presidency um, in the modern era, at least, and, and possibly ever. I think going back into the 19th century, um, and so he's different in that regard. Clearly, he communicates differently. He has ideas about the presidency that are different. But the thing about it, and I've covered independents before or moderates or centrists or whatever, usually what makes them that way is that they are not doctrinaire conservatives or doctrinaire liberals, but they do have fixed positions. For instance, you know, I'm a pro-choice on abortion, but I am dead set against you know, amnesty for illegal immigrants. And, you know, I've got a liberal position and a conservative position, but but they stick. Trump doesn't stick to anything, really, except I tend to think he sticks to trade. He's, I mean, for 30 years he's been yapping about trade and how we've been taken to the cleaners. So that really hasn't changed. He just finally hit the sweet spot. And even with immigration, I mean, until the past couple of days, he hadn't really drifted on that topic. And I think that's the difference between what the New York Times story suggested in the headline versus what we're dealing with. You know, I think uh, we're all going to discover at some point, those of us who are reasonably clear-eyed, that a lot of the different explanations of Trump are are true, including sometimes he's a complete knucklehead. That's my own opinion that has offended a certain chunk of our listeners, which is fine. Um, but is it... Day, it's all true and all wrong. Well, so true, tomorrow it'll be wrong. Right, right, yeah. So uh, it's undeniable that the the view of the presidency, uh, particularly among the electorate, and then in practice, has grown and grown and grown and grown till we see the 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 president is a quasi king who not only uh, executes legislation but proposes it 
and and writes the budget, and then Congress can go along with it or not, to a point that, in my beliefs, are are really unhealthy. Could it be that this is a guy who just sees, okay, I see that block over here. I got that block of, of congresspeople and senators over there. We got to get this golf course built. Here's the best. I'm going to do the calculation. This is the best we're going to get. And the golf course, of course, is not a golf course. It's tax reform. Well, I he's, mean, he's a awesome. broker. He's not a party to the deal. Well... That's an interesting way of looking at it, actually, because of the way he handled health care and most things so far was that he was always detached. You know, he was there to try and sew it up, but he never took ownership of it. And he never certainly invested in it like it belonged to him, which I think actually is one of the reasons why healthcare failed. And I'm sure you'll hear from a lot of angry people that say it failed because the Republicans in Congress are idiots, which may well be true. Mm. But I think the president could have done a better job presidenting to make it happen anyway. That's usually why you want the presidency. So on tax reform, I think the issue is, can he forge consensus among Republicans and then not change his mind and then go out there and sell it kind of the way he sold this DACA deal over the last, I guess, 12 hours? If you look at the tweets and you look at the explanations, he has done what normal presidents do, talked up the merits, not insulted his negotiating partners. Although his latest tweets are contradicting some of the earlier stuff, so I'm not sure this is the best example, but I see your point. Well, yeah, but I think the main thing, by the way, I'll just say this. The main thing about the wall being excluded from the DACA deal was that you'd get money for border security, but just not for a wall. Nobody ever said he gave up the wall permanently or period, just that it would not factor into the DACA deal. The president has never walked that part back. Yeah, although the stupid, stupid wall. I wish we could stop talking about it. David Drucker, Washington Examiner, senior correspondent, political analyst. Well, we're, we're bouncing around from topic to topic, but I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what his plan is. So Elizabeth Warren said earlier in the week that she agrees with Donald Trump on taxes, that we got to stick it to the, the billionaires on Wall Street. So he's yeah, got... that's right. Yeah. So you guys aren't getting a tax cut. You don't deserve it. Sorry. <laughs> and, yesterday he <laughs> said, and yesterday he said something about the, the rich aren't going to like my tax proposal or something like they that. They might so, go up. Depends. Right. I, I got one... Look, I got one message for you. Obama won the argument. The Republican president is saying that the wealthy... And by the way, I've been asking members of Congress in all seriousness, what are the thresholds going to be? Because that's going to determine who the government classifies as rich. And then we'll know who gets a tax cut and who does not. And they're not willing to say yet, but I also think they're not sure yet. They haven't decided how to distribute the wealth that we all earn. Right, right. Interesting. David Drucker of the Washington Examiner. David, hey, thanks. We'll stay in touch. Uh, We'll talk soon. Thanks. Anytime, guys. Thank you. You got it. I think he's at, uh, what's the the metro station in D.C.? The big station? D.C. metro station. Sounds like he's there. Sounds like he was hustling to catch a train. Mm -hmm. Very very on the go. Very D.C. Cell phone to ear, talking. Probably had a trench coat on, walking at a rapid rate of speed, leaning forward. Right out of a Sorkin TV show. Just the walk and talk, camera walking with him. Right. 
But it's pretty interesting. So you got you got Trump with uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer saying nice things about him yesterday and today, and Elizabeth Warren earlier in the week on a different topic, taxes, saying I'm with Donald Trump. Right. I mean that's that's an interesting thing. Maybe we can get a little out of this guy. Maybe we can. I'm telling you, he's he's a real estate broker. He's not the buyer or the seller, and he's looking at. All right, this buyer's willing to pay $8 million. They're asking twelve. For God's sake, everybody, it's ten. Okay, can we stop wasting each other's time and come to $10 million? And maybe it's a little more that way. Maybe it's a little more this way. But he's just brokering the deal. I, I just, I don't know. It is... You know, here's an he interesting story. He could be completely non-ideological. As the most wildly ideological campaigner we've seen in generations, to the point where where allegedly grown-up Democrats were suggesting it's like the rise of Hitler. I mean, just making complete idiots of themselves. Could be the guy has no more ideology than my highlighter right here. It's a nice one. It's the, the yellow kind. I hope this <laughs> is an interesting story and not boring. This is from one of the books that Bob Woodward wrote about Obama. But this is when they were trying to put together the uh, the big deal to reform our entitlements and all this different stuff that I wish they had actually put together. Right. But either Trump hung up on Boehner or Boehner hung up on Trump, and they each have a different story. I don't know what happened there. Surely somebody was afraid of getting primaried. But it almost came together, and it just didn't quite. But so uh, early in the Boehner, story. Uh, Boehner hung up on Obama or Trump? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Obama, Ob- okay. Obama and Boehner, and they almost right. had a deal okay. for for uh, taxes and re- reform and all that sort of stuff. And somebody hung up on somebody, and they both claim it was the other person. So nobody's exactly sure what happened there. Wow. Red face screaming, hanging up. Wow. And they both blame the other person. It came that close to us actually dealing with this stuff. So sorry to hear that. Yeah, but anyway, and so at some point, there's a big negotiation going on early in this over taxes and spending and, and, and that sort of stuff. And you had Nancy Pelosi in the room and, and John Boehner, I think. Uh, but it was a Republican and a Democrat. And they couldn't come to terms. They were there for like eight hours, and Obama was trying to get to the degree. One of them said four. The other one said two. It doesn't matter what they're talking about, but they right. each had a number. One of them said four, the other one said two. And Obama was there for like six hours and he was getting late at night. And he said, finally, he just said, fine, you two figure this out. Obviously, this is going nowhere. He leaves. And Rahm Emanuel, who's now the mayor of Chicago, steps in and he says, I think I got an idea. And they said, no, 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 no. We've been talking about this all day. And he said, I just got an idea. I'm going to write it down on a piece of paper. I'm going to hand it to each of you. He writes down three. <laughs> he hands it to each of them. They said, we'll talk about it in the morning. They come back the next morning. I'm good with three. She says, I'm good with three. Oh, for the love of all that breathes. And that's all it took. That's all it took. Somebody coming up with the the amazing brainstorm of you're at four, you're at two. I'm going to write down three. How do you right. feel about that? They both come <laughs> next day. After eight hours, the president leaves. Forget it. They said, okay, three. <laughs> I mean, so sometimes that's all it takes, apparently. I thought that was an amazing story. Uh, so sometimes that's all it takes, and that might be the sort of thing that Donald Trump can do. You know, How about I, we pick the middle of what the two of you are arguing out and go with that? Would that be all right? Yeah, I I, uh, I enjoy apocalyptic talk as much as the next guy, and I am in the talk radio biz, but I don't hate the idea of, you know, cutting a deal, cutting another deal, cutting another deal, and see what happens. Let's expose whatever, you know, uh, turns out to be, uh, you know, the immigration thing. It's too amnesty-ish. 
Well, then we'll know it is, you know, and we'll, we'll see how it goes because nothing is happening. You got the with all due uh, uh, respect and favoritism toward the conservative end of things. Obamacare was the law of the land, and it was clearly getting implemented. I mean, it was there. It existed. And the Republicans would do absolutely nothing to help Obama tweak the unforeseen realities of it. Now, Obama also lied like a friggin' rug to get the thing passed. I mean, he lied repeatedly, bold-facedly, and just shamelessly. So, all right, that's out there. But having said that, it's the law line. There are some tweaks that had to happen. Well, the Republicans weren't going to pass that in the House because they wanted it to fail. They wanted it to be a disaster. And, you know, that that, that just, there's no way to run a country. No. I mean, because the people who needed the medical care were getting screwed. Now, I think Obamacare was a nightmare. It was a debacle. It was an abortion. It was terrible. From top to bottom, it was idiotic. But once it's the law of the land, for God's sake, you got to get people their medical care. And so now you got the shoe on the other foot and things that are plainly, obviously what ought to happen. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer weep bitter crocodile tears and, 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 and announce that it would be the downfall of all that is good and human. And it's all just so full of s. And so if the uh, tangerine tornado wants to come in here and say, you're at four, you're at two, it's three. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, I'm not so sure that's bad for the country. And some of it I'm going to hate, and some of it you're going to hate, my good friends. As all compromises end up being. Right. You don't always get the whole loaf. Was David Drucker climbing a mountain? We got all these texts. Was David Drucker running a mile? Was David Drucker on a treadmill? Was David Drucker having sex? Is he jogging? (laughs) Is he getting on a plane? Is he in the bathtub? I actually thought he was in one of those uh, radio stations have these. One of those you get in a hurricane and there's money flying around and he's trying to grab dollar bills. <laughs> right, it, was, it was his hit radio spring promotion. It's time for the cash grab. Next yeah. contestant up, we got David Drucker. Any cash that you can hold, you keep. All right, here we go. <laughs> That's what he was doing. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Meanwhile, I saw that Hillary is going on a cross-country tour to promote the book. Then Democrats said, oh, so now you'll visit some swing states. Interesting. <laughs> There you go. Man, everybody sees through her and her complaints and hits her with the same criticisms. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Joe, I'd like you to watch the TV screen and describe what happens here. I would be delighted to. uh, The very overview of it is a man drops to his knee and proposes to his girlfriend. Oh, that's nice. Okay. That is very, very nice. There's Carson Daly, apparently. He's talking to us. He's looking at this. It's the Carson Daly daily click, but here you go. Man proposing to his girlfriend. Oh, he gets down. They're on a bridge. It's a scenic scene. Oh, he has dropped the ring. Oh, it appears to have gone between the slats (laughs) into the water. Yes. They're on a... They're on one of those bridges. It's like redwood, and it's slats, and it's got spaces in between. It. He gets down on one knee, drops the ring, and goes oh, between the slats. No! And falls oh no! Oh, look at that! The sign, oh. run, dude, run! Oh my God, that's a bad start. Oh, that's well, that's an omen. I'm very superstitious. Oh, I can see myself doing something that's like that. That's hilarious. Oh. It's tragic, but hilarious. But local jewelry store has pledged to blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> right. Oh, poor son of a gun. What a nightmare. So we got another example of a hit song. Somebody is, that clean... people, is that people like diving for it now? They're trying to help him they out. Try to find the ring. Nice. It's a community coming together, Joe. Which yes. is a lot more common than the ugliness you see on the news, honestly. People doing decent things for each other. Yes, Jack? You know, it's not decent plagiarism. <laughs> nice. That was really good. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. And so we got another wow. one of those stories of uh, somebody writing a song that sounds like another song. So, oh, those are always interesting. Yeah. I yeah. Um, I was in a store yesterday, and I heard, uh, fat guy lost all his weight, stay with me, the big hit song. Well... Stay with me, won't you stay with me? Is that James Blunt? No, uh, Sam Smith. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, he's skinny now. Okay. You know his whole story. Sure. No, uh, but... I don't, but <laughs> I'll pretend I do. Go it, was, on. it was like the biggest song in the world like three years ago. Right. But anyway, and so then Tom Petty said, that nah, sounds too much like... Um, was it free falling? Won't, bra- won't back down. Oh, right. Yeah, I, won't yeah. back- I won't back down. And, and I, so I was in a store yesterday and I heard Stay With Me, which is a really good song if you like that kind of songs. And it sounds a little like it, but, but who cares? It's been a, it's a cottage industry now, finding a song that sounds somewhat similar and suing. And this is what I learned. And this also happened with the um, Robin Thicke's kid. I never can remember the actual kid's name. The, the actual name. No, Robin Thicke Robin is, Thicke the is the Alan kid. Is the dad. Is, is he, Alan. Alan? So yes. Robin Thicke had the hit song, and he got sued, and then he had to admit in court, I didn't even write the song. I claimed I wrote the song, but yeah. I didn't. See, I couldn't have plagiarized it because I had no role in it. <laughs> I'm somewhat I just, talentless. I just took the credit for money. <laughs> Speaking of traditions in the music industry. That lawsuit was so big, and, la- and the court case so interesting that I learned a lot more about it, and it turns out this isn't a new thing. It's been around forever, and they just have always kept it secret for some reason because it's not good for anybody. It's not good for... The old artist suing because a lot of people don't think that's cool. It's not good for the new song that's a hit and making people money because it kind of diminishes that. Nobody likes it, so they just kind of keep it secret. But those lawsuits have been going on forever, and people pay out all the time. It's been going on our whole lives. But anyway, for some reason, now it's become a public thing. And part of the reason is when you get to pop music and you're using three or four chord songs, there just ain't that many different ways to arrange them. Well, right. Yeah. You know, to me, it's and I'm a music freak. I love music. I write music. I record music. I play music. And it's like suing somebody because their lamp has like a stand and a light bulb on it, just like yours. (laughs) I mean, there's only a certain number of combinations. You rearrange them. Your voice is a little different. The guy plays his guitar a little different or whatever. But it's, you know, you're working with a fairly limited palette of options. So what are you going to play for us first? The current hit song? Uh, no, this is the original song that okay. they claim is being ripped off. This, uh, The two songs in question are Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, the song Uptown Funk. They are being accused of ripping off uh, Roger and Zapp's classic More Bounce to the Ounce. Here are uh, some segments of the songs uh, put back to back. Here we go. Basic funk beat. Those were back to back. Yes, those were two different songs. Uh, what? I didn't even notice you change until so, the Dot Dodo started. Yeah, right when the Dot Dodo is when but, the new song starts. But a basic funk beat and a little uh, wah wah guitar is nothing. That well, little high pitched pluck, plucky guitar—I don't even know the right term. Please. But there's there's no getting around the fact that those two things sound exactly the same. You couldn't even tell you changed. But. The fake hand clap, a staple of 70s and 80s music. Yes. Here's a new one. But, aren't there like 8,000 songs with that yes. sound? That high-pitched funk guitar thing is omnipresent. Yeah, but, but not all of them are successful songs. Yeah, you only that, go after the successful ones. That's true. Do we get more, or is that the entire basis of the suit? That guitar rhythm, please. Yeah, that, uh, for my, it's that kind of riff or rhythm that they're they're yeah, focusing on. Yeah, the article I saw, they're, they're soon over that riff. Wow. 
I don't know how you'd make music well, at all anymore. No. I if, hope nobody sues me over chunk, chunk, ricka, chunk, chunk. If you can't use that, I, I don't know how you're going to have any new music. We're just going to have to keep recycling old music. Well, as attorneys continue to ruin everything. How does this not happen like in romantic comedies? Wait a second. You've got kind of a nerdy girl right. who and this guy, and they get together, and she thinks he doesn't like her, but turns out he does. I had that movie. Wait a minute. Fat husband, hot wife. I've seen this before. <laughs> turns out that the person that's perfect for them was right in front of their eyes the whole time. I did that movie 10 years ago. Right. Right. Yeah, so I don't know how far back you're going to go with these So, things. how's your novel coming along, Brad? <laughs> I mean, come on, it's the entire basis of that bit. Right. And the incredibly freaking hilarious Seth MacFarlane. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know what you take spaceship show is amusing. We promised we'd break on time. Let's break. Here's uh, what's coming up in our news. Well, Donald Trump continues shaking things up this morning with comments about paying for the border wall and tax reform. And the feds are warning one major cybersecurity software company poses a threat to national security because of reported Russian links. Oh. Stories coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Russian links. I will not tap my toe to this song. It is stolen. I'm a man of honor. You have to come up with a completely new funky riff. Right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Conversation earlier in the hour with uh, Washington Examiner reporter David Drucker. A couple of texts on that if you heard it. David Drucker was in a beauty salon with one of those giant egg-shaped <laughs> hair dryers on his head. <laughs> Getting a quaff. Funny. Uh, and I can't believe none of you guys referred to Donald Trump's campaign song that he plays at every event. And that does fit in somewhere. He always plays at the end of every speech, including the inauguration. Oh, my God. The Rolling yep. Stones, you can't always get what you yep. want. He might be playing some sort of uh, three-dimensional chess. Because there's a reason he always plays that. You know, that's discouraging to me because, number one, all chess is three-dimensional. And number two, I'm bad at it. But there's a reason he chooses that song and played it. Uh, and we have uh, we wondered aloud at length when he first trotted it out what the hell that message was. Yeah. Boy, yeah, good point, Texter. It just seemed like a random coincidence. Like maybe they just have a, a jock jam CD right. they're just playing on yeah, shuffle right. thing. But when it keeps happening event oh, yeah. after oh, yeah. event, right. it's clearly on purpose and in part of his message. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, part of his message today is the president's continuing to press for his border wall, saying it's necessary for border security. Donald Trump saying that paying for the wall is going to have to be part of any immigration deal. But he says that funding, well, that can come at a later date. We have to have a wall. If the wall is going to be obstructed when we need the funds at a little bit later date, we'll be determining how much we need. Uh, then we're not doing any. Right. He was pressed about his meeting with Democratic leaders last night who said they had a deal with Trump to save DACA without providing funding for a border wall. We'll only do it if we get extreme security, if we get not only surveillance, but everything that goes along with surveillance. And ultimately, we have to have the wall. If we don't have the wall, we're doing nothing. Meantime, you've got Donald Trump defending his upcoming tax reform I'm sorry, before we get on to taxes, I have from uh, 2006... The H.R. 6061, the Secure Fence Act of 2006, this essentially built a a border wall, is a bill to establish operational control over the international land and maritime borders of the United States. 
to make sure every bit of the border was under control, whether it be by fence or electronics or, right. or whatever. And and the idea of a wall has to be a wall is just stupid. I mean, in some places, it's it's mechanically impracticable. You can't have one. The point is to protect the border. Well, so the, the Wall Act of 2006, I didn't have time to highlight all of this, but there's Hillary Clinton. Yes. We need to build bridges, not walls. She was a yes. Here's Dianne Feinstein. She was a yes. The, the, it, it passed 80 to 19. 80 to 19. I'll bring you some more Democrat highlights in a moment or two. Meanwhile, Donald... Is that- Oh, Ted Kennedy didn't vote because he had the, the brain, sir. Right. Sorry about that, Ted. Meanwhile, Donald Trump defended the upcoming tax reform plan. He made it plain again today. He says it's going to be aimed at helping the middle class and producing jobs. The wealthy Americans are not my priority. My priority are people in the middle class, and that's where we're giving the big tax reduction to. As our recent conversation pointed out, right. what's a wealthy American will be the you know sticking point on a lot of the, a lot of this. Oh, I'm sorry, I'd forgotten. Barack Obama was a yes on the border wall. On the wall, yeah. The U.S. government is ending the use of any software made by a Russian cybersecurity firm. The Department of Homeland Security says that using software by Kaspersky Lab poses a national security threat because of the company's reported connections to the Russian government and intelligence services. All 430 departments of the government are being ordered to identify Kaspersky uh, products in their systems and to purge those products over the next few months. I'd hear, I've heard those rumblings for months and months, and yes. I thought, wow, is it possible that Kaspersky, which is Russian in origin, is being pulled, their strings being pulled by the Russians? And I thought, wow, that... It's just crazy because they advertise really aggressively. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. So could it be that, that one of the leading security companies is actually a mole? Wow. Office Depot and Best Buy say they will no longer sell antivirus software made by the Russian company labs the wow. day after the government banned federal agencies from using it. Wow. Millions of Americans mm-hmm. have used that for their cybersecurity. Yep. yep. I've had it on my computer and off it goes. Yeah. If you can uninstall it. You think Vlad Putin doesn't realize that you might try that, Michael? He's way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Americans increasingly opting to live without cable or satellite TV. The trend's moving faster than ever before, according to a new report from eMarketer. The report estimates about 22 million have cut the cord this year, an increase of a third over 2016. If I didn't watch so much uh, like cable news and stuff for this job, I absolutely would get rid of it. I could easily live on Hulu and Netflix and right. whatever else. And then there and are rabbit ears. Yeah. And yeah. then and then there are the cord nevers. The number of people who have never subscribed to cable or satellite TV. Wow, that's gonna be a growing group of people. It will reach about thirty four million this year. The never the cord nevers. Thirty four wow. million people. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Yet another industry that's just slowly dying with no way to stop it. <laughs> right. Well, this this may be the best sounding record of all time. It may be the best produced record ever. Um, uh, having said that, <clears throat> this is one of the uh, the themes of the A&G Show. Just because something is doesn't mean it always has been or always should be. Everything changes. It's fine. Unless you own stock and cable. Why does a president 
give his acceptance speech at a convention and then play this song to the crowd. He played it a couple of weeks ago at that big crowd in Indiana or wherever he was. What is that? And I've never heard anybody ask. Look into it. It can't be an accident. No, of course it's not. It, it, could it be just because it's a great classic rock no, record? No, 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 no. It's a message. It's like, a, it's like when you send somebody a fish wrapped in a newspaper. It's a message. It's a message? Yeah. The Petering Out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Boy, we got hit with a stunning statistic earlier. Four out of five. You heard that? Oh, oh. it's Woo. almost everybody. Woo! Who knew it was that high? Recent poll conducted by UC Berkeley reveals that over half of California Democrats are in favor of free speech restrictions for quote-unquote white nationalists and quote-unquote hate groups. Who who gets to determine who's the hate group? <laughs> right, right. And how do, how do you, I'm asking you people who are in favor of this, how do you keep a Republican administration from deciding your people are hate groups? How do you stop that oh, from happening? I hadn't thought of that. But we're not a hate group, so it wouldn't count for us. All right. According to the poll, 53% of the state's Democrats believe that white nationalists should not have the right to demonstrate, compared to 42% of the state's Republicans, 39% of independent voters. Statewide, 46% of voters support free speech restrictions. That is nightmarish. That is horrifying. I am shocked. I am outraged. I don't know how I can live in a state where almost half of people don't understand the basis of the First Amendment. Is there any country that has a free speech the way we have it? Yeah, there are probably a handful, but not precisely. I mean, some of our closest allies and friends, like Britain and Canada, it's substantially different. Oh, I'd say in Britain you can't make fun of the royal family. Well, for instance, yeah. You can't go on TV and make fun of the royal family. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's stupid. That's unthinkable in the United States. Right. They're such a good target, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, first of all, the, the, the opportunity for humor is so awesome. And then the, the, that story the other day out of Germany where they, they threw people in jail. Some tourists for doing the Hitler salute outside their parliament <clears throat> building, basically. Right. Uh, that's a jailable offense. Feelings are tad raw over there, But Jack. that's crazy. Getting back to the UC Berkeley poll, the director of, of the poll, Mark DiCamillo, told San Jose Mercury News, quote, I would have thought the liberals would be defending the right to demonstrate in general. No, because, Mark, liberals, a lot of liberals are no longer liberal in the classic sense. They are totalitarians for a progressive point of view. And listen, I got all worked up. I was yelling about this earlier. I will just tell you this. I don't care if, if, you're, our, if you're Antifa or the college Republicans or the, the, the Communist Party of, the, of California or the SEIU, but I repeat myself, um, Whoever is in power, if you give anybody the right to decide what's hate speech, they will decide you are hate speech. This has happened twice in human history. Oh, I'm sorry. It's happened every single time in human history. You grant one group the power to decide who gets to speak. It happens every single time, you stupid moron. I'm sorry. Oh, God, I was going for charitable. I'm sorry. I'm a Christian man. I'm a Christian man. (laughs) Have the frogs in Houston are bisexual and drinking too much tap water, which is a gay bomb. I'm sorry, I was going for charitable, and I lapsed. All presidents get drugged. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. You know, luckily, 
Luckily, this is not only settled law, but it's some of the most cherished settled law in American uh, judicial history. And so the incredibly misguided people of California won't get their way, which is the best thing that's ever happened to them, not getting what they want. You can't always get what you want, <laughs> Joe. But if you try, still don't. Sometimes you still won't get it. You might get what you need. Hmm. <laughs> How much time have we got, Michael? Uh, 30 seconds or so. Okay. Well, we'll just sit around and whistle Dixie. 66% of the participants also believe that race relations have worsened in the past year. I remember it was a similar number that thought they'd worsened during the Obama administration. Yeah. In which I was reminded the debt doubled. The national debt doubled. From about 9 to 18, is that right? Well, yeah. More, in fact, more debt added under the Obama administration than the preceding U.S. history. Now, if you adjust for inflation, that changes that number a little bit. Nonetheless, it was an S-load of debt. (laughs) (laughs) To coin a term. 40% of white participants were in favor of restricting the free speech of white nationalists, which shouldn't have anything to do with it. No. 51% of Latino participants, which is almost exactly the same number... Uh, actually, the total variation of that number doesn't change very much. It is a very sad, sad thing. What a poor job America's institutions, from our politicians to our schools to ourselves, our parents. What a poor job we've done in explaining what liberty is and why it counts. I got an amazing stat to use as my final thought, which means we need our guest announcer. And now, final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. You know, that was just mellifluous is what that was. <laughs> It was nice to listen to. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, uh, Positive Sean, final thought? Yes, rest in peace to one Frank Vincent. Uh, He passed away last night. He's an actor, and here he is in one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. I'm only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls, and you're you're getting fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend you. I'm sorry, too. It's okay. No problem. Okay, sell it. Now go home and get your f***ing shine box. So what was his name in The Sopranos? He got his head crushed by that SUV at the gas station there in like the second to last episode. I will find that out for you. Yeah. Uh, Michelangelo, final thought? Oh yeah, bikini coffee houses should not be outlawed. If a customer wants coffee served by a sexy woman, it's fine. I don't knock your hobbies, don't knock mine. I'm <laughs> speaking for a friend, of course. <laughs> Marshall Phillips, final thought. Oh, we were talking about song riffs getting ripped off. Well, I had to dig into my box of 45 RPM records that I keep here at work for this one. One of the most ripped off riffs of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you going to patent the bow I know cat named Wade Willie. Man, come on. As a co-host, what is your final yes. thought? Did you come up with the name, Sean? Phil Leotardo. Yeah, Phil Leotardo yeah, died. Of course. Yeah, got his head crushed by an SUV. That's a tough way to go. Um, so here's one. So really head crushed by any vehicle. Back to you. 50% of millennials would give up the right to vote to do away with their student debt. 50% would give up the right to vote. Only 13% would give up their a right to uh, text. Wow. Right to vote? Uh, ah, that's fine. Texting? No way. <laughs> you know what? I could make the argument on either side. So just a few short years ago, there was a vote on a uh, secure border fence, um, and a fence is a wall, is a fence is a wall. It passed 80 to 19. The yes votes included Hillary Clinton, Dianne Feinstein, Barack Obama, and Chuck Schumer. Wow. If you're for a wall, you're a racist. You're a build bridges, not wall. No, please. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a 
historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Okay, you want some music, hon? Jim Bob, play Kendrick Lamar. Playing Humble by Kendrick Lamar. My left hook just went viral. Sit down. Be humble. Nick! Armstrong and Getty. The Voice of the West. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions. Limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.